We've started the year way back, almost a full year ago, on January 1st, 2023, with a question. And Jesus is the one that asked it. And we wanted to, as you'll see up on the screen, we wanted to focus the whole year on what Jesus said. And some of you have ridden with us the whole time, and some of you are here for the first time, or a second time, or third time, and some of you aren't even sure, what in the world are we doing? Well, we look at what Jesus said because we believe what Jesus said is the firm foundation of life, his word. He is the living word of God, and so what he says takes all of what we would look at as the Old Testament and all of what we would look at as the New Testament and combines all of it, and it's perfected, it's completed, it's made whole in Jesus Christ. And so what he says goes for Christians. And so we looked at that, and the very first question that we looked at on January 1st, 2023, was Jesus saying, who do you say I am? And that's like the most important question. Do you guys remember what some of the people said? Maybe you could even come up with some of what people say today. Who do you say that I am, Jesus asked his disciples. What's the word on the street? Is it a prophet? Good. You know what I love? You guys hear what's happening? Learn, learn from that. They will repeat what you say. <laughs> Which is like that story of the little girl that was watching her mama get ready and get everything prepared for having people over, including the pastor and his family. And she's just frantic and getting stuff ready, and the little girl's getting stuff ready and setting stuff up and really helping her mama. And finally, it comes time to pray. And she goes, sweetheart, would you pray for us? You've been such a big help. I'd love for you to pray. She goes, oh, mommy, I don't know if I should pray. Oh, no, just pray whatever you've heard mommy pray. And she goes, oh, okay. Oh, God, why did we invite all these people over? <laughs> so be real mindful. <laughs> But prophet Elijah, who else? Our father. A good teacher. Some said, one said, yep, the son of God, you're the son of the most high God. You're it. You're the Messiah. You're God in the flesh. You're Yahweh. And then what we did after that is we looked at a full eight weeks of these statements on what Jesus said about himself. I am. Ego a me is what it is in the Greek. And then Yahweh in the Hebrew. I love this, right? Breathing in and breathing out. Literally the name Yahweh is like taking in a breath and letting out a breath. So powerful. And then Exodus 3.14, Yahweh gives his name to Moses. Jesus said in seven different ways and then two unbelievable ways that could not be misunderstood. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door or the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Amen. And in John 8.58, with no delusion at all, he says to these wonderful, 
Jewish leaders that were like, who are you? And he said, look, your father Abraham rejoiced at the coming of my day. And you know what? They freaked out. They said, what? You're not even 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? Oh, he says something so powerful. Before Abraham was, I am Yahweh. He called himself God, and they're like, it's time to throw rocks at him until he dies. And they couldn't because it wasn't time. That was the first series that we looked at is what Jesus said about himself. Gosh, just really quick, we looked at this a few weeks ago, but the last night that Jesus was alive until he died and then rose from the dead, he gets surrounded by all these um, club-bearing, torch-bearing people to arrest him. And he says, who are you looking for? And in John 18, they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am. And we have the word he in there for the English language, but he said, ego of me, I am. It's, it's me, I am. Oh, they were like, oh, good, arrest him. The first thing they did is they all fell down. It was overwhelming to them. Jesus is the most high God, and we looked at that, and so what he says goes. And then next we looked at the number one teaching that he had, you shall love. It's his greatest commandment because it's his greatest expression of him. He is love. Love isn't God. Notice the difference, friends. We think love is God. We think whatever you love, just do whatever you want to do. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. All these different things. But God is love. And he nailed that over and over again. Even so much so the saying, love your enemies, because then you get to be like Jesus. Because we all were enemies, it says in Romans. Until we were set free by Jesus' love. Then we transition to this very, very genuine challenge for all of us. Jesus said, everyone who is angry, he didn't say you were going to possibly be angry. He didn't say, if in fact you be angry, this is how you are. He said, everyone who is angry. And then he goes on to say that we hold people to a standard that we won't actually stand up to ourselves. He actually says, you, and I judge people, and in so doing, we're killing them with our anger. But he laid out, and we looked at this for weeks, about how his anger is righteous. It's never sinful, because he's righteous. Never sinful. It had a good expression. And we oftentimes are like, yeah, I'm allowed to be angry. Jesus is angry. Did you ever hear of this? He came and updid the tables in the temple. And Do you remember what he was angry about? Say it again. He wasn't angry that somebody took something from him. They were selling all kinds of stuff in the temple, but you guys, you might remember that they were doing it in the spot where the Gentiles were supposed to be able to come and worship the Lord, and they turned that into a market instead. And he's like, look, you're going to be angry, and we understand in the word, be angry but sin not. And we know that it's challenging. But I'll ask you, does your anger control you? We looked at a ton of different things. 
fear and anger, pride and anger. Listen to this quote from G.K. Chesterton. We fear men so much because we fear God so little. One fear cures the other. Who do you fear more? And do you have to be petrified of God? Well, you should know that he's God. He says, you're breathing today, and tomorrow you may not be. And he didn't go, didn't see that one coming. He's God, and we're not. Let me move to a much more joyful topic, joy. And Jesus said, my joy is fulfilled. I love this. In John, I think it's 17, 13, he said, our fulfillment of being in his kingdom is his joy, and it's fulfilled. And I shared with you guys over and over again multiple times in each of the times that we talked that joy shared is joy doubled, right? That we wouldn't just keep joy to ourselves. And joy is more than just happiness or circumstantial. It's sourced in Jesus. And it's very costly. So let me ask you really quick as maybe a way of you remembering what did it cost Jesus to give us joy? Okay, cool. What does it cost us to receive joy? I love you enough to say it costs you everything. You got to have an empty hand. You got to say, it's not my kingdom. It's not my way. It's Jesus' way. Now, you couldn't pay for it, but to receive it, you had to empty your hands to have a joy that fulfills you. That led us to a series on when you pray. And we looked at Jesus praying, and I know you guys know that he prayed more than just one time. But we have the Lord's prayers. Anybody remember where that's found? Nicely done. Well done. Do you have it memorized? Get it. Go for it. Come on. Hallelujah. Well done. Nice job. His is the kingdom. When you pray, you don't just go blah, 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 blah. Your heart is open. You submit yourself. It's to God about his will. It's for your stuff. It's for other people's stuff. It's a beautiful thing. And it can be a lament. God, this is really, really tough. And some of you have that. But we talked about the difference between lament and complaint. And so I ask you by way of seeing if anybody has, you know, or a remembrance of that or a memory of it, what's the difference between lament and complaint? What do you guys think? Amen. So lament is going before the, the Lord, bringing your stuff to him, laying it out to him. Like, I need your help. These things are terrible. My feelings are this and all that. And how's that different from complaint? Hmm. Complaint feels a lot more like accusation, right? So a guy named Jonah, 
brought his lament and complaint to God, but not in prayer until he was in a fish's belly. But he complained with his lifestyle. Now, there's a guy named Job in the Old Testament who actually laid out his lament for the Lord, and for a long time he did it really well. He complained, but he complained to God. He's like, what is going on? Why is it happening? What do you want me to learn from this? Then he's like, I just wish I never was born. Give me a little it's a wonderful life kind of a thing. That didn't happen, and yet God was with him all the way. You guys following him and dying to yourself is a picture in prayer. That led us to some hard sayings of Jesus, and it's called the way is hard. And he said that there are two ways. There's a narrow path, and it's hard, and it leads to life. There's a narrow gate, and few will find it. And there's a wide path, a wide gate, and many find that. And he said that this way is hard. It's difficult. Why is following Jesus hard or difficult? What do you guys think? Why would he say that? It goes against our natural inclinations. Good, Dana, absolutely. just doesn't make sense to us. You and I have friends and family. If we're being honest, we probably have a mirror that would tell us the same sometimes. That we're just like, God, this isn't fair. This isn't right. What do you mean love my enemies? What do you mean take up my cross, deny myself, and follow him? Oh, man, I have to die to myself? I have to endure pain? I have to look at things differently than the world does and different than my own heart wants to. I have to be changed from the inside out. It's going to be a miracle. Amen. But it's not just hard because it's challenging and it's just difficult to do. Sometimes God says some weird things to us. And it's hard to understand, not just hard to do. And for us, to hear something like to live as Christ and to die is gain can be both challenging and confusing. And so we need him. We need his kingdom. And when we looked at the kingdom of God, this is where we seek First, his rule and his reign in our lives. That our hearts every day would be submitted to him and we would keep coming to that. And I don't know if you remember this, but um, there's a ton of different music in this world and there's a lot that's good, minus country. But, um, (laughs) amen, testify. All right, but one of my favorites is Christian rap. And there's this group called the Cross Movement that says, God, I love what you cook up to get me to look up. And that happens with his kingdom. He continually shows you that you can't do it on your own. And there's a lot of different things that bring us that way. So since it's his kingdom, since it's him showing us how, and we keep coming to him, we started near the fall time of this year and looked at he will separate. Jesus is talking about himself and this is the one that I will actually go back and read for you. In Matthew 25, 
31 through 34, Jesus says something pretty significant. All of his words are significant. This one has been hard to take, a little bit hard to understand. But it's about his kingdom. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, he's talking about himself, the Messiah, Jesus, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he goes on to say that those who are not his, the goats, will be separated in eternal punishment and fire. This is Jesus' words. This is something we believe, and you don't earn heaven, you don't earn salvation, you receive it. But you're either going to have eternal life separated from God or eternal life with God. And that was a tough series. But we believe Jesus and we trust Jesus and it would be the best thing for us to tell people there is a way and he's it. Then for the last two series, we're in the last series right now with peace be with you, but we looked at blessed are and then rejoice and be glad. We let Jesus tell us what is good and what is fulfilling and what is true happiness, what it means to be blessed. It's his way. Hungering and thirsting for his right way is where you, where you and I will be satisfied. Anything else is not going to satisfy us. And then finally, this farewell message is where Jesus says, peace be with you. Look, he's on his way out, and he says all kinds of different things. And we've said, just as you would see a, a loved one who is sick and departing, or you know that somebody's going to be moving away and you may not see them again, they're going to share things with you. They're going to tell you that they love you. They're going to appreciate you, and they're going to say what they want for you. But a lot of times people have a bucket list for themselves. Jesus' bucket list was for us, his people. And we've been looking at that. And we're going to finish today with one of the last things that he said. Will you join me in Matthew 28, 16 through 20? I do believe that Jesus is still talking to this day. I believe that he's speaking through his people and to his people. He's got his word. He's got the Holy Spirit. He's got all these circumstances, everything. Creation, it says in Psalm 19, declares the glory of God. How many of you love getting out in nature? How many of you are allergic to most of what's out in nature? <laughs> Me too. I still love it, right? Oh, gosh. Anytime the weather changes, I get messed with. I don't know if you remember, but we had three days in a row where it went, boom, 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 boom. and I was like, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> but the heavens declare the glory of God, and so do people, even if they're not actually acknowledging him. So this peace be with you, this last message. The last thing he said, recorded, is in the book of Acts. There's two different things. He says a, a variation of what we're going to be looking at right now, where he's like, look, the Holy Spirit's going to be upon you. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we'll look at that in the upcoming weeks. But he also spoke to a guy named Saul. 
Literally out of his mouth, Jesus goes, why are you persecuting me? And he couldn't see anything because the light blinded him and he fell down and he goes, who are you? And Jesus said, I'm Jesus, the Lord. You've been persecuting me. Literally, what Jesus says to his people can be shocking, transformative, convicting, life-giving. Would you receive that today in the 13 minutes we have to look at this great teaching? Matthew 28, 16 through 20, Jesus is risen from the dead. He showed himself to his disciples multiple times. This is not the last time. And this is not the time that it talks about in Acts, because in Acts, Jesus is on a hill in Jerusalem. Right here in Matthew, he's on a hill in Galilee, which is what his hometown was. So multiple times, he gives his people parting words. You guys, it's recorded for us multiple times. Jesus said it multiple times. You think he's trying to get a point across. Are you ready for that point? Let's let him teach. Matthew 28, 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee. Why was it 11? Judas had already abandoned all of that and likely by this time had killed himself. But he still loved him and he still had a chance to repent. I say that to you this morning. I'm sure somebody needs to hear that Jesus loves you right where you're at but won't leave you there. But he's not going to force you either. You get to come to him. If you hear his voice, don't ignore it, it says in Hebrews. And I'm saying that to you today as well. So he went to the mountain which Jesus had directed them, like, meet me there. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I think that could be just for the 11. I think there was more than that there. He showed himself to a bunch of people. But we have in the scripture right here that those 11 were there. They worshiped him, but some doubted. You know what I call that? Every day. Has anybody in here worshiped Jesus today? It's more than singing, by the way. It's walking it out. It's living. It's not just singing, although I love that. Playing the instruments, serving coffee. You can worship Jesus in so many different ways. Praying. Is there anybody willing to say that today has been a mixture of worship and doubt? You've doubted him even today. Maybe when the alarm went off. (laughs) Am I supposed to even be here? (laughs) Some of you haven't, and I love that. There's no doubt. You love the Lord's day. The day we celebrate his death and his resurrection, and we do it and we love it. Doubting on a Sunday? (laughs) Nah. But most of us have a day that's mixed with this. These guys... Worshipped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You might remember when Jesus was tempted by the enemy, the enemy tried to give him the ability to rule the nations. And Jesus like, you're going to tempt me with what I already own? He's like, I don't put the Lord to the test. And he quotes Deuteronomy three different times. So this right here is like, all authority in heaven has been given to me, not by the enemy, but by Yahweh. Go, therefore, 
If you're a note taker, if you're a write in your Bible type of gal or a guy, circle go. So all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore. I love this word. Go means as you're going, as you go about your life, as you've gone, go. As you're going. And I want to say to you, this isn't his commission just to go. He's like, you're going to be going places. We call this the dailiness of life. You're going to go to the places you're going to go to. This upcoming year, some of you are like, I don't even do New Year's resolutions because there's just no reason. I never follow through. Try something new then. New Year, same Jesus. Watch him do something with you and for you. But as you go, as you're going, as you've gone, make disciples, Jesus says, of all nations. Make disciples. Show them who Jesus is. Bring them into relationship. Evangelize. Share the good news with them. It's the first step of evangelism. Dare I say the first step is praying. Talk to God as we talked about him when you pray. Talk to God about others before you talk to others about God. Great advice, but pray. And then share the good news. Share that people can be saved. Share that people can confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord at any point while they're breathing. They can believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead. There's just so much evidence. And they will be saved. And then, after you see that happen, baptize them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So go, make, baptize, and then teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Outstanding. This great promise at the end. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I'll never leave you alone. One of our elders, Casey, taught just a couple of weeks ago about the Holy Spirit. He's alongside us forever. He's the one that is the helper. He's the one that gives us real peace, real life. And how do we know? Because Jesus said so. And because we have him allowing us to understand God's word, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit completes the work that he first began in us. The Holy Spirit allowed Jesus to be inside of everybody, everywhere, all the time that would actually be his people. But not everybody wants him. Let's just be real. Not everybody in here wants him. And you're okay. God loves you right where you're at, but it's not okay to ignore God. Please stop. This Holy Spirit is speaking to you. This Holy Spirit wants you. He declares what is God's to us. He allows us to teach people. He allows us to baptize people. He allows us to reach people. He allows us to, as we're going about our everyday life. What good news. What great news. So let's look at these four things really quick. Going, discipling, baptizing, and teaching. Where are you going today? What do you got going on for your plans tonight? Anybody going to be asleep way before midnight? How nice, right? I'm going to start the new year like this. <laughs> How many of you are going to be up? 
You're going to celebrate it. Woo, the ball drops. You go nuts. You hug or kiss or you high five. How many of you have big plans for tonight? Sweet. Little, little big plans? All right. What are you going to do, Phoenix? What do you got planned? Yeah, you got me because I saw your hand going to bed before. And All right, good. I see it. You got plans. It's called sleeping. So you guys, tonight, as you go, share the good news. Celebrate. Pray. Pray for the people that you're with. Pray for this upcoming year. Look for ways to be able to share the good news. What are you going to do? And then tomorrow, some of you are really, really excited about just relaxing. Some of you have a New Year's Day party. Maybe like Kathy, Candy, and I, we've got a little baby boy that's turning six tomorrow. Oh, little, little grandson, how exciting. Maybe you're going to celebrate in that way. Maybe you're going to watch football. Some of you are like, why would you waste your time doing that? <laughs> so you're going to go on a hike, or you're going to have an amazing time, or you're just going to sit around. Maybe you're going to clean up. Maybe you're going to put away Christmas, right? I mean, it's just whatever it might be. As you go, make disciples if you're a disciple. Look for ways to pour into people. Look for ways to be humble. Look for ways to live out what Jesus said. Maybe you'll baptize some people. If, if it doesn't happen tomorrow, maybe it happens in this year. Maybe there is this wonderful reality that you're going to be teaching people what Jesus has taught. Not just up front like a loud mouth like me, but every day. Devotionals. Small groups. Maybe you're going to come to a men's thing. We've had really abysmal attendance. Do you got one coming up? January 4th. New year, new you. Let's go. We'd love to have you. We don't just study food. We study the word. We enjoy each other. Maybe a ladies' event. Once a month. For guys, it's twice a month because we're thick. <laughs> we need some help. <laughs> Somebody's laughing because it's real talk. All right. <laughs> Listen, you guys. We've got ways to serve coming up. We're going to get back to host teams. We're going to have an opportunity to get into small groups. You're going to have an opportunity to actually come and serve this Saturday, first Saturday of every month, serve Saturday, come on, commit to it. At this point, really, we don't have any massively significant things that we're going to do on Saturday except go clean up our community. What a great idea. Pick up trash, not sharp things, <laughs> but trash. Pray for our little community as we're walking around it and picking up stuff. Have a little food together, sing together little devotional time. There's just lots of ways. Look, I, I need to transition to a conclusion, so here we go. Jesus said, I'm with you always. Always to the end of the age, I am never going to leave you hanging. 
even when you feel like I have. I'm with you. I'm with you. How often is Jesus going to be with you? Okay, church, we'll try it one more time. How often will Jesus be with you? Always. So remember that good news. Believe that good news. Remind yourself and others of that good news. Well, I don't always believe it. That's okay. It's still true. Okay, give me some of this right here. Come on. Benji, high five. Yes. Benji said it. We're good. All right. All right. I want to give you a quote that hangs up in my office that I look at often, and it's become part of just the background, but God brought my mind to it again. His authority on earth allows us to dare to go to all the nations. His authority in heaven gives us our only hope of success, and his presence with us leaves us no other choice. Pastor John Stott. So if you will, will you stand with me as we read Luke 19.13 as our parting shot for 2023, at least right here for now. Jesus is telling this parable of these things called ten minas, and it's a lot of money. And he gives it to his people. This guy is a nobleman. He goes into a far country. And in verse 13, it says, calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minas. Just again, a mina was about three months worth of wages for a laborer. And he gave 10 of those to each of them. And he said to them, engage in business until I come. In the King James, it says, occupy until I return. In the NIV, it says, do business until I return. Engage in business until I come. Jesus isn't like, hey, let's get Amway going, all right? Come on. Hey, let's get a, let's get a, a moneymaker going. He's telling a story about gifts that people have been given by God, and he says, do work until I get back. Go for it. And so I have the Aaron Day paraphrase for you. Do work till I return, Jesus said. Let's go together. Be strong and courageous and let it be contagious. How will you move towards Jesus? Humbly submit, repent, confess. Walk with him, share his good news, tell his good news to yourself and to your loved ones and to anybody who will listen and those who don't. You plant, you water, God makes it grow. Do work with him. We're going to look at being holy, holy in 2024. So that word holy, the first one is fully, being fully holy. And you can't do that on your own. And good news, friend, you don't have to be on your own. And you're not. And so where do we plug in? How do we help one another? How do we serve? How do we quit ignoring Jesus? And how will you move towards him? Let's pray. Jesus, what you say is life. Because you are life. 
I thank you so much that nothing in all of creation is greater than you. Nothing can dethrone you. You got off your throne and you came here. We're a baby. We just celebrated all that over the last few weeks, maybe even a month. But, Lord, as your people, we recognize that you came, you lived, you died, you rose, you gave your Holy Spirit, you called us to work and to join you, to engage in business until you come back, until you return. So may we be your people. For this parting word from you, Jesus, may we go, make disciples, baptize, may we teach. God, you're awesome. We thank you for that. Open us up. Make us uncomfortable for trying anything else. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.